Moncrief on News Talk. They're not calling me a thief. They wouldn't dare. They say money's somehow gone missing from this branch, which it hasn't, and I have to pay it back, which I won't. So I say, prove it. Prove that I'm wrong and you're right. Show me the figures. But they can't or won't do that. So now they want to close me down to shut me up. That's ridiculous. Because they don't want everyone knowing what I know. Which is? That the fancy new computer system that they've spent an arm and a leg on is faulty. No one else has ever reported any problems with Horizon. No one. I don't believe you. So, no actual crime has been committed here today? Well, uh, Post Office Limited is stealing uh, my livelihood, my shop, my, my, my job, my home, my life savings. My good name. That's Mr. Bates versus the post office. You can catch up on the Virgin Media player now. Uh, James Dempsey is with us uh, once again. Good afternoon, James. Afternoon, Sean. I, I suppose the thing is, like, the story of this is now in the public domain <laughs> so much that it's it's hardly worth relating it to people. <laughs> but for those who have been living under a rock, what's it about? Well, like, I have to admit, I didn't... I had, I had heard nothing of this scandal, you know, this, this British postal... Post office scandal until the drama suddenly mm. became uh, a very hot commodity, and it all involves the scandal involving a Fujitsu-made um, software called Horizon that was installed by the post office in all of these various post offices in the UK, which uh, was dodgy essentially. Right? The I hope I'm not uh, defaming Fujitsu here, but I, I mean the drama certainly does anyway. Mm. So that's my that's my claim, and uh, all of these sub. Postmistresses and postmasters were finding uh, that their ba- books weren't balancing at the end of the day, and then they were suddenly being accused of pocketing the money themselves or uh, dodgy dealing, etc. And several of them, many of them, in fact, were were brought by the post office to court, and uh, some were imprisoned. And of course, it was all just an accounting error. Mm. And this drama is a four-part drama. It debuted on, I think, New Year's Day in IT, on ITV in the UK. And it's uh, available now for us on the Virgin Media Player. And it has become kind of like a cause celeb uh, for the postmasters and mistresses, uh, particularly the leader of them. His name is Alan Bates. He's played by... Toby Jones, who uh, does a very good job in earnestness, you know, like, okay. ultimately, now this this show is hugely popular. People really, really like it. Yeah. And like, I, I want to say, I think it is good. Right? I, I thought I watched all four parts. I watched three of them in a row. I watched the first part. Uh, but for me, it was like, it's like an ITV drama, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, right. And I don't yeah. mean that as a criticism. It's just like, like, this is not... Uh, it is a well-made, handsomely put-together show, but it has a very difficult job, right? The job is trying to convey this relatively complex story mm. about 500-plus post mis- postmasters and mis- mistresses being um, screwed over by yeah. the post office, right? And how does it do that? It does, like all things, it focuses on a few, Right. Mm. And the few it focuses on, some of them are real and some of them are composites or some of them are for dramatic effect. Yeah. uh, Retellings of various stories. So what you get, because there's only four episodes, is not a lot of subtlety. Right. In the sense that 
I do not mean to underestimate the extreme stress that these people were under, mm. but like they go from, you know, um, from normal to uh, extreme mental health problems in the in the space of 15 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a viewer, right? So for me, it's just amped up ever too much. And like, especially I think kind of the thing that got me was, especially like in the first episode where a lot of them are still in their post office, post offices because mm. eventually they get, you know, turfed out. We see, like, under the table, the computer tower with these menacing flashing blue lights, like, as if it's going to say, like, exterminate, like, the Daleks, right? Right? So, like, it's a little heavy-handed for me. Yes. However, however, I do want to say it's an incredible piece of television for what it has done culturally, right? Mm. Like, would would I have bet in 2024 that a piece of television on ITV could be so significant that it has literally changed the law of the land in the UK? No, I wouldn't have. I would have thought that that time is over because we are in the streaming wars and should broadcast terrestrial TV. See you later, Mm. right? But instead we have, for instance, like The Traitors, exceptionally popular BBC reality TV show. We have uh, a show like this that is so popular that I think it's like doing gangbusters on the Virgin Media player and Virgin Media in general, right? Who would have thought that a piece of TV could still do that in this day and age? I wouldn't have. But where it works exceptionally well is, despite it being complicated, it's sort of easy as a viewer to understand who's right and who's wrong in this. Yeah, right? okay. <laughs> because ultimately, <laughs> it's these nice postal workers, uh, post, so postmasters and mistresses. Like, I, I, you know, I have to have particularly hand it to Monica Dolan, uh, who's like a... British character actress who's been in like literally everything, right? She plays Joe Hamilton, who's this nice one going around with her hot cross buns and like you kind of expect to see her at some point in the Great British Bake Off tent, right? right? <laughs> but instead, she's absolutely having a mare and like she gets, you know, um, it, it's actually very fascinating. The post office in the UK, as we learn in the show, has is its own legal system. It has the right to bypass the police and just bring you, mm, you know, to yeah. court which seems very arcane and uh, <laughs> as a result of this show certainly a bit old-fashioned. And uh, her character is perhaps kind of the heart of the show whereas Alan is kind of the the kind of uh, the brains of the mm. whole operation and the pair of them make the, the, the mom and dad of the whole affair, right? Yeah. And it's charming and very sad at times. Don't get me wrong. They like tell these incredibly poignant sob stories. It's just they tell them in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And well, I suppose there's... An, uh, uh, people probably have reacted to this um, uh, so much because they know it's based on a true story. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a fictionalized account of that true story. So yeah. as a piece of drama in itself, and like if, if Francis, this wasn't based on a true story, you'd probably be in here saying, yeah, you know, it's an ITV drama. It's grand. It's a bit heavy handed. If it yeah. wasn't based on a true story, I wouldn't have watched it. It's yeah. kind of really the truth. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay, there you go. Uh, Right, we'll move on to our next show. It is Class of 09. You can stream all episodes now on Disney+. Plus. Here's a clip. Everything you do for the next five months will be evaluated. Not just the classes, not just the instruction and tests. The small stuff. Who do you sit next to at breakfast? What time do you go to bed at night? We have 300 million Americans to protect and only 13,000 agents to do it with. So we need to know you better than you know yourselves. My name is Drew. I'll be one of your counselors. I'm Gabriel. I'm the other person trying to figure out the mystery of who you all are. 
The FBI's first ever new agent class, 1935. Do you know what was special about this class? Nothing, except that they were the first. I've spent most of my career teaching because I believed I could play a bigger role in here than I could out there. I've had good classes. I've even had a few great classes, but I never had an exceptional class. I hope that class is you. There you go. Now, this is, is this a number of different stories or, or how does it work? Okay, so this is a TV drama, crime drama from a British writer named Tom Rob Smith. He is best known probably for writing the Gianni Versace American crime story, which I actually really, really liked. A lot of people didn't. But his other kind of, he cut his teeth writing Dream Team uh, on Sky 20 years ago. So he's kind of got up and down form. And this is about the FBI, right? As we mm. heard in that clip, it's about a group of trainees in the cla- in the year 2009. Obviously, we are in the year 2024. So why is that? It's because the show follows them at three different points of their career, right? So it follows them as trainees in 2009, where the four of them arrive. We kind of follow four main characters. The main one is Kate Mara, late of, you know, House of Cards, uh, who plays Ashley Poet, who was a nurse, um, uh, who kind of, it, it's sort of a bit unclear really why she be- wants to become an FBI agent. Some <laughs> some FBI agent just comes to her at the hospital she's working at and goes, God, I think you should become an FBI agent. <laughs> and that's like, that's kind of about it, right? She drops uh, her mop and bucket and runs after And right? yeah. uh, then there's Brian Tyree Henry, uh, uh, best known for Atlanta, but was Oscar nominated last year. For, he plays Teo Michaels um, and other bit players, right? And we follow them in 2009 where they're training and they're spending their 20 week long process uh, in Quantico. And then we fast forward to the year 2023 to 2025 where they are active special agents spread out the US and then we follow them into the future to 2034 when it's all gone a bit dystopian. Okay. Right? Now for me like kind of the way I describe this is it's not half baked because there's three parts. Yeah. Uh, it's two thirds baked. Right? The bit of them in Quantico is really really good and the bit of them as contemporary agents is actually quite exciting as well, right? As in, there's like a kind of subplot involving a terror... Are, are they all working together, James? No, in, sorry. No, they're in different places doing different things. Yes, yeah, yeah. when they're training, they're together. I mean, there's a bit of romance mm. and there's, you know... <laughs> some single bed action and there's um, there's kind of uh, unrequited love and the usual kind of stuff you'd expect, yeah. right? And then in the contemporary part, they are spread out across America because apparently when you are, when you graduate as an FBI special agent, they just sort of send you there and you go there yeah. and you do your thing. And uh, in that part, there's a kind of really thrilling investigation involving um, a terrorist plot against the FBI that involves a really exciting shootout and a very good interview scene and that's all absolutely really, really good. And then literally any time they flash forward to 2034 to this like, <laughs> I'm going to call it the chat uh, chat G- GPD, right? Because yeah. they're FBI, because they're kind of police, mm. right? So there's this artificial intelligence that's like, not, you know, has it overstepped its mark? Is justice gone? Are, you know, are we free? Blah, yeah, blah, blah, okay. Right? So it's so kind of poorly conceived and, and thought through. And then, like, it's quite a big time jump, you know, like, mm. you know, I can't do the quick maths, but we'll say 2009 to 2034 is 25 yeah, years, yeah. right? And in that time period, how do they age up and, uh, up and down the actors? Well, sure. 
sure. Like, I mean, they give them a few grey streaks in their hair, and uh, but they're looking great. <laughs> but what I, what I always and what I have noticed as I get older is like they never seem to be padded it out a bit more around their, you know, their middle part. Yeah. These hunky actors who are obviously on like hitting the gym every day, right? Well, all Brian Tyree Henry excluded, in fairness, right? But um, for me, the future bit just doesn't work at all. It's really silly and overblown and overwrought and. Like it's it, all it has to say is about artificial intelligence is it's bad, yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> but the, if they had kind of just left it as them as trainees and then them out in the field and kind of you know obviously the whole tripart structure is complementing each other, so we have callbacks to things that have been said or referenced as they are going through their careers. Like that bit is excellent, honestly. And I, mm. I would have happily lapped up all of that. And when this big terrorist scene happens, you know, my, my fiance just happened to walk in and, and it caught his attention enough to say, What's this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you're right. Yeah, okay. So like it was it had in it had intrigue and then I think as soon as the drones started flying, <laughs> it's done. So is the structure that in each episode each member of this class, you see them in Quantico, you see them in uh, in, in twenty twenty four, and then you see them in two thousand or whatever it is. Yes. Ah, right. Okay. So right. yeah, we're we're hopping around the timelines the whole time, and it just it's too much. Yeah, that kind. Of, we see that's a kind of a fashiony thing in television <laughs> at the moment because it seems like you're making a more complex program. But yeah, and like you might oh, be just confused. The other thing I'm always like struck by is when they're kind of trying to predict what future fashion will be. It's always like really severe coats, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always really severe. Well, it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, is this uh, is this something that's going to be renewed? You think? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Like, All right. Yeah. I, I even thought it's a bad week for it because it's coming out for us against um, you know against the new True Detective, which is just going to be dominating everyone's. Well, yes, of course. If it's good anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully it will be. Uh, uh, right. So our third show is uh, Inside Pennies. You can see that uh, Tuesdays at 8.30pm on RT1 or catch up in the RTE player. Here's a clip. This is the trend area. I mean, I want to say that's where the magic happens, but hey, that's a bit... Well, I've just said it. I suppose just to remind us what we're kind of going to be coming out of for September, October, these stories. So we have Fate to Grey and Urban Wilderness. So we want a bit of a step change. So what we do is we come up with the trend big, huge macro messages. And then what we do is we kind of package it. What is September going to look like? What's October going to look like? You were talking about Wednesday Adams, that gothic side. So we could build something around that. And then the other side was more of a kind of a first class. A lot of it is kind of intuition, but it comes from research. And I'm doing it so often now that you see kind of trend cycles come back around. I used to say our job was to join the dots, but now our job is to Find the dots. Right, so I get I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but I suppose <laughs> these are one of those shows that only Archie yeah. could make, and this is a very Irish show. I hate to be that predictable. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> like now you have to hand it credit to Arthur Ryan and the empire he built and the Pennies industrial complex because I mean I think it's in sixteen countries worldwide. In 15 of them trading as Primark, uh, over 400 stores globally. Mm. It is an absolute Irish success story and it deserves its, you know, its credit for that. But I remember spending a bit of time actually last summer in, in Spain and I was talking to Spanish people and saying, oh, like, you must be so proud of like Zara and other Spanish brands and this sort of very self-righteous Spanish person who was a vegan and all of these sort of things sort of like, not that proud of that, to be honest with you. And this is... 
a puffy enough piece sure. when it comes to yeah. pennies, right? Obviously, they are involved in it, so they get, I'm not saying editorial control over it, but in order to get doors opened, you uh, yeah. you film them quite nicely. Mm. And when uh, what I mean by that is, it is a very charming little show, right? I mean, it's going to be six half hours. We've seen the first one. And in it, it was quite funny at times and quite cute and interesting. But like, if you're expecting a hard-hitting debate or or even any probing questions about uh, sustainable fashion and the fast fashion industry and the, the environmental output of that, uh, we didn't get them in episode one. Yeah. I can't say. I haven't seen the other five. So I'm not going to say that they don't ever get asked. Or And, and I, I would be surprised, in fact, if they completely ignore it because it is... The very large elephant, endangered uh, yeah. elephant yeah. in the it's, room. It's the elephant we? in the corner of pennies. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. But here we got like, uh, you know, what I liked about it was kind of we, we jumped from various different things. So like it opened with a brief overview of pennies and we got a lot of information. Who we heard in the clip there was a guy named John McCormick. He's the head of fashion trends whose job is to kind of decide is this blue cerulean or whatever. That's my own uh, mm. attempt at that one, right? <laughs> and uh, And like... What I wanted kind of more from that was, you know, this guy is, from my understanding, picking the clothes that are going into 400 plus stores in 16 countries. And how do you kind of balance the cultural fashion design in each different place in a way that it is that is economically viable? And how do you introduce trends? I kind of just wanted a bit more of that, but I guess they might be proprietary trade secrets that yeah, they necessarily yeah. don't want out there. Mm. Then we followed like other kind of people in the store. So like a store manager walking us around, different people on the floor, people whose jobs are, um, you know, moving stock around. And like some of them are real characters, of course. And yeah. then because it's pennies and it's, you know, it's uh, it's headquarters and like, I guess, flagship store in Dublin is the Mary Street one just off Henry Street. They brought in a couple of salt of the earth dubs as well with, you know, uh, pick Dublin accents to walk around the stores and try on some really not very nice clothes yeah. <laughs> I have to admit and, and see if they uh, fit and like look it was all very very charming for 25 minutes of TV mm. and there are another four and a half hours of this to go so or well that's not right but anyway there's another two and a half hours of this to go I'm not quite sure what's left right because like for instance we followed, uh, I think, the sales manager of the whole company on a trip to Cork, where he was looking at their Patrick Street store, which is a little narrow and pokey, and they were applying for planning permission in order to make it big, and there had been an objection from onboard Planola, which is a bit of drama, but like that's mm. kind of all we got about it. There's been an objection, and then a subtitle at the end saying, onboard Planola approved it, <laughs> right? Mm. But um, we might, I guess, over the course of it, I don't know, I haven't been, popped into Pennies in Cork, uh, we might get the expansion of that store or we might get visits to stores abroad. There was kind of the hint of an Italian uh, one, maybe. I'm not sure anyway. but So that is probably what's coming down the pipeline. But all in, like, Grant, do you know yeah. what I mean? Okay, but it seems to be more about uh, pennies corporately rather than pennies as a kind of an Irish institution. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, a mix of that. I think they go to great lengths to talk about uh, how it is an Irish company and how, like, it is obviously... Probably one of the biggest. I mean, it must be the biggest Irish retailing company. I don't want to. I, I can't. You know, I don't have. I don't have. My, I can't source site my reference. I'd be reading out all the text. Yeah, next sorry. <laughs> but you no, know, they do go to great lengths to talk about that. And no, I would say it is a, equally a blend of like the shop floor and then the corporate side of it as well. 
Uh, and I guess it is kind of interesting to see how the sausage is made. But like at the end of the day, uh, I just don't know where it's going to go. Like yeah. what, what more, how, you know, how many more sausages are going to get made? <laughs> OK, we, we shall see. Those three uh, shows are uh, Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. You can catch up with, with that on the Virgin Media Player now. The Class of 09, you can stream all episodes now on Disney Plus and Inside Pennies. That's on Tuesdays at 8.30pm on RTE 1. And you can catch up on the RTE Player. Uh, James Dempsey's World of Fashion will be available as a podcast in the Go Loud Network. Uh, James, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.